and welcome to another episode of M-Class Podcast, an in-depth Star Trek analysis and discussion podcast with dick jokes. I'm Josh. That's pretty much it. I'm Josh. And uh, And you go. Joining us today is uh, Mr. Paul Ritchie. Hello. Paul, what are you from? Planet Earth, Alpha Prime Universe. This we already sounds, did. We already this did this. Very familiar. We to already me. did this. I only have so much material, guys. What are you from in professionally, Paul? I'm from where you're from. Tell them where yeah, you're he's from. He's from almost all the same things Josh is from. Yes. Pretty much all the same things. Yes. We're basically internet brothers. Yeah. Like yeah. brothers, like better but brothers. Because I didn't have to live with them ever. Who's the older brother in our relationship? You are. It's me. Yeah. Because I'm one of you is yeah. older. Yeah, I'm older. I'm the older one. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was some kind of number we could go to. Uh, <laughs> we'll never figure it out. Uh, on on this episode of M Class Podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about the seminal. Star Trek the original series episode The City on the Edge of Forever. Do you think they call it seminal because people would seminate? Yeah. Yes. That's what I always think when I that and I think of Florida State cuz their mascot is the Seminoles, which is a Native American. They should fix that. They probably should. <laughs> At least it's the name of the tribe Yeah, it's not, not like, just like a racist term. Indians yeah. with the smiling Indian. Right. The Redskins. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the worst the fucking worst. That's, that's the so worst one. I, I mean, can't at fucking least, believe like, that. Indians is... What's just worse? Because Redskins is like... A, Redskins a, is way worse. That's, yeah, that's like name. a racist term, yeah. But so yeah. is Indians. Yeah, Indians is, is pretty bad. That's um, true. But it's, it's better than... That's the whole thing. Is like It's not a respect... Like, the Chiefs are like a... That's a respectable... Like right. you're a chief, right? Like you're a, you're a Native American chief, right? right? Yeah, it's Brains. a thing. Like the the warrior, right? Or a whatever. warrior, warriors, right. an Apache, yeah. right? I don't, yeah. They're I don't like tribe names, I guess. Like if they want to, if they're like pissed off about those too, I'm not gonna blame them though. Yeah, they can be pissed off about. <laughs> yeah, whatever. white people should probably just stop using all of it. Yeah, don't use those. Probably. Don't. Name your teams like stupid things, like the Crush. Name them like the Honkies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Would you want to like root for a team called the Honkies? I think it would be funny, but I don't know. The Philadelphia Dumb Dancers. <laughs> <laughs> the Philadelphia Silly Boys. I would root for the Silly Boys any day of the week. Hell yeah, I would go down on my Silly Boys jersey all day, every day. Can we, can we pick a, a group of people from history that everyone loves? The Philadelphia Scoffiens. Fuck yeah. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. That's your chant. Pick it up, pick it up, pick oh it up. Oh my god. That'll happen one day. They will. They should have I'm cool like, fantasy names like the New Jersey Rat Lords. <laughs> Holy I shit. Wish. New is Jersey like, is a game that's cool, though. It's like some Mutant League football shit. I'm yeah, all about rat. it. Let's have some cool stuff like that. Let's rat have some Lords. actual mutants. We do. They're people who just train their whole lives to be athletic. Right. Well, so yeah. there are no mutants in this episode of Star Trek. No, Sadly. thank you for bringing it back, Paul. I appreciate that. I was about to, but I mean, Bones kind of turns into a fucking schizophrenic werewolf. That's at one true. Point. He that has is that crazy true. face too, with the with the like <laughs> rash on it. He gets like the yeah the fucking what are they like a uh, anaphylaxis. He yes. does some some A plus tier acting in this episode too, where he yeah. just screams at the top of his lungs and runs around. 
It Murderer! Be, I wonder if it was a fun episode for him to act. For sure. Probably. Um, he didn't have to be Bones. He could be Crazy Bones. Yeah. So this is this is episode uh, 28 of season one. Episode or 29 episode, on Netflix. Yes. 29 on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we don't know why. It was first aired April 6, 1967. That was two days after my birthday, but... F- 16 years before I was alive. God, Josh, you're so old. I was born in 1983. <laughs> this uh, episode was written by Harlan Ellison, who you may have heard of before. He writes storybooks. Yeah, he writes uh, speculative fiction, is what it's called. Yeah, I uh, write sexulative fiction. Nice. Sexulative diction. <laughs> We're off to a rollicking good start today. <laughs> yeah, we are. I don't know how you said Harland. Harland. It's Harland. Harland. No D. If you're having if you're having problems with this podcast, Jeff, it's your fault for bringing the Dick Brothers on. <laughs> We're like a wrestling team, the Dick Brothers. <laughs> I would love to see your outfits when you're double team wrestling. It's just a dick. Oh, we double team everything. You're just oh, like the fucking. Yeah. Uh, you're just like the Road Warriors, except instead of spikes, dildos. <laughs> Oh my god, that's genius. That is it. That's our costume. Fuck. So Harlan Ellison wrote a little story called I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which is fucking terrifying. I recommend it. It is very, very terrifying. Harlan Ellison just died like this year. Yeah, he did just die. He was a notorious asshole. Yeah, he's a He wrote some great letters to people. Yes, he did. I, I highly recommend those letters, too, if you want to laugh your ass off. Who did he write to? People that like pissed him off. Anybody. There's like hundreds of letters of him <laughs> writing to magazines and other writers and politicians. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, as always, he um, was mad about yeah. the writing of this episode because uh, his script was like, he calls it butchered. Uh, I, would I would say, say made better. Made better. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so yeah, yeah. I've, I've never watched... Well, I've watched a little bit of TOS, but like in pieces. I've never watched a whole episode. This is my first mm. whole episode. Oh shit! Where, you started off with a bang. Okay, He's I was going to say a Voyagin. Would you would you rank this one very very high on the original yeah. series? Yeah, yeah. I, I would. would rank this like top three episodes Whoa. in the original yeah. series. Yeah, there's not a lot of great original series episodes. Uh, there's some really <laughs> classic ones. Um. I don't know. Everyone's I, favorite, I'm, The Trouble with Tribbles, is probably the best one. Of course. People love that one. Um, Balance of Terror is my favorite TOS episode. It's a little bit more like TNG-style episode, where it's just yeah. like character conflict with our heroes and aliens. That's yeah. my stuff. See, that's we'll talk about this. Well, you're um, used to TNG, Paul, because you watch all of TNG, but, right? But when I first watched TNG, Jeff, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Josh knows. I hated it. I watched the pilot. What? Yes. I watched the pilot, and I was like, this is stupid. This is stupid. crazy. Listen, you're stupid. Listen, in the, in, in the first 10 minutes of that episode, I think in the first five minutes of that episode, people get sprayed with silver gas that turns them into frozen silver things. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see the problem OS. here. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what his problem is. Well, the reason I didn't like it was because I, I've, I had, I'm a big science fiction reader. I read a lot of yeah. books mm-hmm. uh, and and short stories and stuff like that, and that's what I like. And everyone talked up TNG as the you know it's like the best sci-fi that's been on television, right? 
So I, I went into it expecting a heady, thinking man's television show that was very mm-hmm. tastefully made and very, and very thoughtful. And instantly people are getting sprayed with silver goop that makes them into frozen this, sp- statue men. This dude well, hates silver gas. Jesus. He got, I, well, he got silver gas one time. You can't really oh, blame okay. him. Okay, I understand. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about my silver gassing. Well, well we silver <laughs> gas you every now up. and then to just freaking forget about the time. Which is ironic and Josh, I think it's, counterproductive. I think it's snowballing, Josh. <laughs> so you have watched through all of TNG now. Your opinion has yes. obviously changed. Yes. Oh, yes, I love it. But I, I actually have only watched a couple episodes of season one. I've almost completely skipped season one. That's well, probably yeah. not for the worst. I mean, season nobody, one nobody is pretty told rough. him. Yeah, nobody told him about like the end of season two. Just start there. Like nobody said that to him. Like no, season right. two has so many great episodes in it. Like I always tell people, and I'll tell the listeners at home: if you're gonna watch TNG, look up a watch list. That's what he did. That's what That's I what did. Paul did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like I like season two. So now I've looped back after finishing it. I was like, oh, now I'll go back and watch all the episodes. That I, you know, because yeah. I like it now, <laughs> right? So, like, it's like, I know I like it. So, I went yeah. back, and I started at season two, and I rewatched all the things. I think I'm going to, at some point, go through season one and watch it, because I think I'll like it just because I love the characters. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the best way to go at it. Because, yeah. like, the characters' personalities are, they, by the midpoint of season one, are pretty strong. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um, there's still like a little bit get... of Picard being an asshole for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that sort mad. of fades away by the beginning of season two. Plus, Tasha has to go. She got to She's go. Gotta go. Get yeah, Josh has mustard. That... <laughs> Josh <laughs> has that opinion that Tasha Yar should like had to go. Out! Get her out. There's too many things. Get her out. Uh, She's expendable. I have the opinion that she has to go because she uh, quit the show. You can't really keep her on after <laughs> that, right? <laughs> No, they, if she doesn't show up, they didn't have computer holograms yet, so they couldn't. They didn't figure it just, out. I absolutely love how viciously they got rid of that character. They're like, she's like, I don't want to do the show anymore, and they're like, all right, well, your character got slapped to death by a tar monster, and no one cared. <laughs> <Right>. Next, <laughs> that was the cool thing. It was like just a shitty monster, yeah, yeah. of nothing. They had no consequence. Had nothing. There wasn't a grand like from like a, one of the races that was th- was threatening them. Yeah. Just a slime monster. Meaningless death. I think they say that. Like I think uh, yeah. Guinan says that later. She's like, you, yeah, you she die does. a meaningless yeah, death. Yeah, she asks Guinan. She's like, well, how do I die? And she says, you die a meaningless death. Mm-hmm. And then Lady Guinan. Tasha Yar still is like, well, all right, I guess I will. <laughs> so um, to loop it back around, though, I, yeah. I didn't like the first episode because... It had what I thought, always thought about Star Trek, which was the schmaltziness of like the and like the kind of like campiness of the original yeah. series, which this episode doesn't really have too much of. No, yeah, it's I like mean, the original series that. is that campiness is from like the bad episodes for the most part. I mm-hmm, mean, like right. Arena, the one with the Gorn, has like yes. a lot of that campiness, but it also has yeah. a really great story. Uh huh. Yeah, they um, just didn't know how to like shoot the show yet, like. I think that this show is, like, so ahead of its time that they didn't know, like, how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, they were like, how do we how do we make these, like, really, like, lofty ideas come to life on a television show budget, you know? Right. I mean, I there's a line in this episode specifically where Kirk says the uh, ruins continue on until the horizon line. But, right. of course, you don't see that. That set yeah. that they get 
good fucking use out of. Oh, and yeah. And the people walk around, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're walking around on the backside of the set right there. <laughs> yeah. All right, they turn that yeah. wall around yeah. so that bones can hide behind that Look, wall. Behind <laughs> the wall behind them that has that like painting them. on it, they are fucking filming the Lucy Desi comedy hour right now. <laughs> yes, yes. That's fucking great. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to point out that Harlan Ellison wrote this and he was very unhappy with what ended up on TV. Um, this has been fucking however long it came out in '67. He's been pissed up until the time he died. Wow! In yeah. every interview, he would talk about how much he fucking hated <laughs> the producers of the show for ruining his masterpiece. So but I thought he what was, he wrote doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. So like, I thought what he was uh, talking about meant that he was like right. Like, maybe he right. was, like, not being dumb. But as it turns out, uh, I have in my hands right now Star Trek Harlan Ellison's The City on the Edge of Forever, the original uh-huh. teleplay graphic novel. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I will circle back to this at the end of the episode, but I want it to be known that uh, the episode is much better than wow. this graphic yeah. novel. From what you told me, I've never read it, but you, you ran it down for me. There's a lot of, like... How do you put that in a Star Trek yes. show? There's a lot <laughs> in of the, stuff in, the in this that does not fit into the Star Trek universe. And I'll get yeah. into that once we go through the episode. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Harlan Ellison is a great writer. Like, I love I Have No Mouth, But I Must Scream. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also another short story he wrote that I love the title of even more than I like the story, which is Repent, the... Harlequin, Said nice. the TikTok Man. That's right. That one's great. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. It's like. Josh, you would love this guy. He hates everything. It's true. I I would love him. I I I know like he's like a lot of those like science fiction guys from the fifties and sixties were really bastards. Yeah, he was like everybody loved him unless you pissed him off. Right. Everybody we'll get into why I think this being, is. Tr- yeah. Everybody loved Josh. watching him being an asshole to other people, but when yes. it happened yeah. to them, that's exactly. where the problem. That's exactly in. what happens with me. People get mad at me when I'm an asshole to them, but like they love it when I'm being funny because it's funny. But then it's like, but is it? <laughs> if it was happening to you, would you find it funny? Would you find it funny? Yeah. Josh, I don't know. You should read I Have No Mouth But I Must Scream. You should sit down on Halloween oh, with some spooky music, with a window open and some cold air breezing in, and oh, you should no. read it. It will make right. your dick shrivel back up into your body. Yes, it will. Who says my dick has already done that? Josh has like a dog dick. It just goes <laughs> right back up into his body when he's not using <laughs> yeah. it. That's good. Yeah. That's for safety. That's how I keep my stuff safe. <laughs> Look, we all wish we had a dog dick, but let us talk about the city on the edge of forever. Yeah. Can I uh, ask a question? Can I posit a question before Unbelievable. This? this is unprecedented. What do you want? Posit a question to the dais. Did they remaster this entire series for Netflix? Yes. Yes. It's there funny. is um, poor quality CG in every episode of the show now. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Well, I mean, I got to say, well, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, that ship doesn't look bad, but I assume that that is the, the CG stuff that they added to it. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 all the Enterprise shots are new. Yeah. And that's, Made I, to look old. I used to, like, rail against that because it's, like, it's like poo-pooing on what came before, yeah. which I always hate. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if it's getting, like, a new generation of people into the original series, then who am I to say anything against it? I don't I don't mind it myself, but I do wish that there was, like, an option to watch yes. the old. It's like Star Wars. Too. 
Yeah, like you yeah. want the original. Well, I, you want the original trilogy right. without all the shit that he added. Yeah, right. I, I will say on the record that the remastering of TOS is nowhere near as egregious as the remastering of the original trilogy. Yeah, like, no. they just add like better shots of the ship, and they right. don't like. It's not a shot of uh, the ship, and then like a fucking dewback lizard walks in front of the camera <laughs> and you're like what the fuck the only like what? thing that really stood out to me is ridiculous and apparently a lot of people didn't even notice it is in the gorn episode they digitally add blinking to the to gorn's the gorn. eyes oh nice oh man and it I, looks I really cartoonish it. I've been watching through it, like, I will leave it on when I'm doing something, so, like, I'll be kind of half paying attention to it, and every time I watch through through it, like, today I watched a couple episodes after I watched this one, I always miss the Gorn one, and it's like, where's the Gorn one? Like, I can't find it. You gotta watch it, man. The Gorn <laughs> one gets a lot of crap. It's still, like... I've seen it. It's made fun of in, like, popular culture because I remember of the watching that at... I remember watching that episode at the shore on, like, a little fucking TV, like, an antenna TV we had in our room at the shore one time. And me and my cousin were like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what stood out to me the, the most while watching it was the makeup. Yeah. there's it's there's a lot obvious. of like, There's a lot of yeah. old school makeup in this. Like, when like, Sulu is unconscious and dude, he has oh Sulu's God. eyelids. Yeah, Sulu's eyes are... Fluttering. Sulu yeah. was in the Black Parade. <laughs> Dude. When I was a young ensign. <laughs> it's <laughs> the makeup, especially like Bones's face, looks like horrendous when yeah, he has yeah. like his affliction. Yeah. So they it does figured, its job. It they does. figured that people were going to be watching this literally on like a six-inch screen. Yeah. Like in screens black were, and white. Screens were only going to get smaller, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Harlan Ellison wrote about it. <laughs> it's, it's that's true. I mean, they had absolutely nothing close to high definition. The TV would be like yeah. twelve inches at most. Right. Yeah. Right. Like uh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. It was. It was <laughs> never meant to be seen in HD. But it looks. It still look, like the series looks good remastered. There's just things that stand out. That's all I had to. In my sure. grandparents' house, there are pictures of my grandfather taking pictures of their television during the moon landing. Like, he took pictures of the TV uh-huh. because they were landing on the moon, right? right. Like, right. Which, is, which is, like, crazy, right? Um, immediately, you're like, this is what people had to do, right? Right. Yeah, uh, you had to take photos and then take your fucking film yeah. and get it developed. Mm-hmm. And their TV is just, it's, like, dog shit. Like, it looks horrible. Like, it's, it's, it's through a picture, so it's already bad, right? Yeah. But, like, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, Dude, how did... When I was a kid, our TV set was, like, the size of an entire entertainment center, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And the screen yes. was 12 inches, just yep. right in the middle of it. Yep. Dude, I remember that fucker would get so fucking hot. Like, oh, you'd, yeah. like, put, like, touch the VCR on top of it, and it would be like, is this thing going to cause a fire in this house? Like, this fucker is hot as hell. It's like when Spock blows up those tubes in this episode. <laughs> dude, I, uh, dude, I love it. Before we get I into this it. episode, since we're going to be hopping uh, into it, with both feet going through it scene by scene, as we always do, uh, let's take a break. We will be okay. right back after these messages from our sponsor. Mr. Spark! My search for something super chocolatey has led me here. Must be my delicious cocoa pebbles! Fascinating. They're yours if you take me on the Enterprise. Mmm, mega chocolatey feast! Feed me up! Speed ahead. Those cocoa pebble cereal, part of this nutritious breakfast. 
And we're back. Hopefully you bought that good and or service. I wonder what commercial I'm going to put in next time. Buy it. Hopefully we get an actual uh, sponsor at some That'd point. That'd be great. <laughs> Hopefully that happens. I'll take anyone's money. That'd call be nice. us. That would help me too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, every, hey, call us Star Trek Online. I will get. I'll do it for a free lifetime sub. Uh, I will I'll do, do it for money. <laughs> so let's jump into this episode. Um, the beginning of this episode. I instantly thought we start out on a shot of the red alert beacon, uh-huh. yeah. One, and I thought, man, they would never do that in a modern show. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we yeah learned, they might not. We learned that our heroes are caught in uh, time distortion waves around a planet that's supposed to be completely uninhabited. It's yeah. turbulence, like in an airplane. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. The, the sense I was getting, again, first TOS episode, was there the techno babble was felt less explained in these episodes. Yeah, the well, that's that's the TOS, like, kind of... So, like, I, I don't know, like, like the, the, the problem I kind of have, because I'm spoiled on TNG, is, like, the, the way that the writing works is, like, there's, like, a bunch of problems that lead to, like, this ultimate kind of problem. Yeah. Right, but like Mm -hmm. sometimes there's just like one too many little problems in TOS that lead to the big problem. Right, like like too many breadcrumbs are leading to like just get to the meat of it. Right, Uh that's how I feel. It sounds like a bunch of bullshit, but all right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, you have met me, right? Yeah, well, (laughs) but this episode is pretty good. Plus, you get like some real good fucking in-camera fucking Star Trek fun right away. You That's get the true. camera shake, yep. you get the panel exploding. Yep. The panel That's explodes. Uh, poor Sulu gets it in the face in this fucking show, like, every other episode. Yeah. And, like, he he falls unconscious even though oh he has no my. visible wounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they call McCoy to the bridge, who uh, this, is, this substance will be important for the rest of the show. Uh, cortisone, cord, cordrazine, Cortiz- cortisone ten. It's for when you hurt your muscles. <laughs> it's like Apparently, Bengay. in the future, there is some sort of medical item that can kill you if you put too much of it in yourself. Which seems apparently, like they'd be beyond that. Apparently, like it doesn't though, because fucking what happens later? I mean, that would kill an elephant. I That's would say. True. Apparently, it makes you dope and you travel through time. <laughs> <laughs> I think the lesson is do drugs. It's true. Like McCoy, <laughs> Bone starts just screaming at the top of his lungs after he injects himself. To yeah, like, yeah. I love that he uses the words killers and assassins just over yeah, and over constantly. and over again. Like, what is he talking about? I don't That's know. some fucking red scare shit right there. <laughs> assassins. <laughs> He's just losing his fucking mind. And so, but he gives up. He gives Sulu enough of it. But like Captain Kirk is like he doubts uh, him. Yeah, I don't know. Bones. Well, Should Captain Kirk has two great moments in this where he, where he has to be where he where he has to be a smart captain and step back or step forward to manipulate somebody. Yeah, this is what all captaining is all about. Either two steps forward, one step back. Yep. So he steps uh, back there and lets Bones do his job. Yeah. I wanted to point out that uh, Sulu wakes up like a character in like a <laughs> flu medicine commercial. And he's like, <laughs> ah. Like the yawn, ah, the smile yawn. Ah. <laughs> fucking nobody wakes up like that. Fuck no. you. But uh, real. 
Like, McCoy gains super strength, which apparently is a side effect of the Cordrazine. <laughs> Because yeah, sure. he beats up everyone on the bridge. Yeah, he, th- he throws that guy. So, like, there's some space turbulence, and then he, like, injects himself in the stomach with, like, this fucking hypo spray, right? Right. And it goes, like, pssst. Like, you can tell, like, it's, like, really long. It's really light. And then he turns in there, yeah. He turns into a fucking werewolf, dude. Yeah, he goes fucking bonkers. He does. He, <laughs> like, he basically does become a werewolf because he has super strength and he's just yeah. violently attacking everyone around him. And he's just snarling and growling and he's hiding and stuff. Werewolves love to hide. He, and, then they, also... and then they do what werewolves do best, which is throw a stuntman that just appeared on set. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, he's smart I'm enough. Mr. Roddenberry's agent! Whoa! <laughs> He's that smart enough that when he gets to the transporter room, he knows how to use the transporter. Even yeah. though he's he's like, killers, assassins! But then he puts in the code for the transporter. I think my favorite Star Trek technology bit that is overlooked is the self-use transporter. Like, you don't even need another person. Right. You just, like, it's like a camera. You just, like, set it to go off in ten seconds. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know what I loved about that scene was there was a red alert on the ship that a crazy man was going around throwing people. <laughs> And he 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 goes into the teleporter room and the doors are like, <laughs> and the guy working the teleporter just is like, <laughs> just sitting there working his teleporter and he just walks up and side chops him. And I he was fucking like, karate, he like double karate chops his ass. Yeah, and I was oh, like, great. You didn't hear that fucking door open? It's <laughs> a red alert. Not nah, to take man. out for the show. Not to be on the show's side on this one. But the red alert was because they were in the time band shit, not because gotcha. there was a werewolf gotcha. on board. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, I would prioritize like the turbulence over werewolf. Like if they're, I mean, if we're on an airplane, and I think the turbulence would freak me out more than the werewolf would. I'd be like, werewolves are fine, whatever. I'll All just right. turn into a fucking werewolf. If whatever. You're, if you're ever the sky marshal on my plane, and we're in turbulence, and a werewolf <laughs> is going crazy, and you're shooting out the windows at the turbulence, I'm gonna be pissed at you, Josh. <laughs> Fuck you, turbulence! That's another one on the list of jobs that Josh should not have. Air marshal. He's making it worse. (laughs) Right next to surgeon. (laughs) He pissed off the sky! (laughs) So, like, McCoy transports down to the planet's surface, which they don't know fucking jack shit about this planet yet. They're, like, riding the waves trying to get to it. But the transporter works fine. Uh-huh. In sure. every TNG episode, they can't transport through thunderclouds, but like right. waves of time is yeah. fine. Time waves is fine. And it's fine. So Heisenberg compensator. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Kirk orders a landing party, which is made up of of um, everybody, <laughs> every named character on the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there's a sweet ass set that we're going to be spending a lot of time in. Oh man! So in STO, you can go to the, you, there's a mission that you go to this planet. Oh yeah, yeah. So is the and gate talk, there? Yeah, you talk to the gate, and the gate says, "I'm the gate." I talk like this. The gate twenty five quat lose. Josh, you need to read. I have no mouth, and I uh, and I must scream because the gate is a very Harlan Ellison thing. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Like a self like. AI like a thing that is it alive way way smarter than the people around it it's probably yeah, how, yeah. it's it's Harlan Ellison be like this is me I'm the gate <laughs> yeah I'm the gate yeah that's right that's some fucking shit. idiots won't listen to me I'm trying to yeah. be a gate for you right. we're gonna talk about later how people who are ahead of their time can't live in their time yes. this is like a, a huge theme that I I love about 
Star Trek in general, they always do this. That's true. Yeah. But every okay. time there's a time travel episode that comes up. Yep. Um, it's it's a curse, man. Apparently, all you have to do to activate the Guardian of Forever and yeah, allow him, and he will allow you to travel through time in any way you wish, is to ask him a question. Yep. Sure. It's like a uh, like a Hobbit situation. Riddle me. <laughs> give me a riddle. Right. Uh, they're like searching around the planet for bones during this whole time, and around the planet, I mean around around the set. The set. I love how he's hiding behind a rock, and, like, Ahura walks by, and she's like, I don't know where he is. He could be anywhere. And he goes, <laughs> and he, like, pops up behind the rock, and he's, like, a werewolf. And you're like, there he is right there, Ahura! Fuck it. Kirk just completely forgets about looking for bones for a while. He's like, oh, shit, yeah. a time machine! <laughs> I got to check this out. Fuck this bones! Is, this is a D&D party when this happens. It's a bunch yeah. of people failing their perception checks all around, and then <laughs> yep. Kirk and Spock are just, they met a cool NPC. Yep, and they're Pretty like, hold much. on, we gotta talk to this thing. <laughs> Dude, I've played in a Star Trek tabletop game before. Highly fucking recommend that. Damn, oh, yeah. man, we should do... Ugh, it is fuck. absolutely amazing. Like, yeah, we need to do I'm, I'm gonna segue into this for a second, because it was my favorite, like, tabletop gaming experience of my life. That's I played, awesome. I played the chief of security on a ship. We uh -huh. beamed down to a planet to find, like, where some hostile alien waves were coming from, right? Sure. And uh, we went down into this dank-ass pit, and there was an alien there that was trying to kill us. Uh -huh. And the the um, DM had rolled up all these stats for fighting the alien. Because yeah. she was 100% sure we were just going to open fire with phasers on the alien. Right. So I went up to the alien and I was like, hey man, what's wrong? <laughs> and so like, a chief of, like a chief of security does. And yeah. we fucking like talked the alien through the problem like the alien was trapped on the planet in the machine that we found it in and so we yeah. freed it from the machine and it was like thank you bye <laughs> welcome to Ooh, the, the machine, machine. <laughs> and fucking the dm was like well i guess the game's over <laughs> Dude. amazing she was like i didn't expect you to actually play it like starfleet officers but i feel like we do that with uh with Hadley, except for uh, we just wind up pissing Hadley off. <laughs> Hadley does their best to keep us in order. They do. I I think we really piss Hadley off. A I'm lot, always so. really impressed with Hadley's ability to wrangle you bunch of morons. I mean, we're dumb <laughs> as fuck. So it it's impressive to me too. We're yeah. really stupid. Yeah. Um. Speaking of things that happen for seemingly no reason, uh, <laughs> Bones starts yelling and runs out, and the whole search party starts fighting him. Yeah, and you uh, gotta fight the werewolf, right? And Spock, uh, Vulcan nerve pinches him. Yeah, they beat him. And then ass. they immediately stop paying attention to Bones and start talking to the portal again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like, hold up, we still gotta figure out this portal sitch over here. Like, don't send well, the, Bones back to the ship or anything. Just lay his unconscious body there. Mm -hmm. and well, they figure out that that's why there's turbulence, right? Is it's yeah. like it's like emitting all this crazy time distortions and shit. Kirk so that's something his, they figure out. That's true. Kirk gets his standard like Starfleet idea that they can use the uncontrollable source of power in order to better mankind. Sure, Absolutely. why not? In this case, let's, let's he's going to better bones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's go back a day, right? He's like, can we go yeah. back a day yeah. before 
Which it's is, like, that's an audience thing, right? Like, you as an audience member is like, hey, you could use the thing to fix bones. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's yeah. not normally in the show, though. <laughs> we yeah. could use this monkey paw. <laughs> it'll work out great it's a definite monkey paw situation yeah. um, while none of them are paying attention to Bones who's just like slumped <laughs> over a rock uh-huh. he just jumps up and runs the fuck into the portal I and love, I love him dollar man through the portal to <laughs> and everybody jumps him. at him and they're like, no, Bones! Like, they all jump for the fucking, for the wide-swung fucking pitch, right? Yep. They're all like, no! <laughs> and he, and uh, my favorite is Kirk lands like 10 feet away from the portal. Yeah. <laughs> he was close. At least, like, fucking Herschel walkers his way through the fucking right. crowd, Right, I was just gonna say. <laughs> like, fucking, uh, like, Emmett yeah. Smith over here. Okay, I football. get that one. <laughs> um... Levon Bell. Here's, hey, Le- here's Le'Veon where the, Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon ne- Neon Deion Sanders. All right. Deion, he, Deion, he fucking uh, too legit to quit his way through. <laughs> Remember that? That's the 90s as fuck. Oh. We're, we're not on that one anymore. We're on this podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. I, they all blend together. Go to the me. Patreon oh. and find out more about yeah, the 90s. Yeah, for as low episode. as $1, you too can hear us talk about 80 different subjects for five seconds each. <laughs> Uh, what a selling point. Here's the here's like where the dread sets in, right? Who is like, wait, I don't have contact with the Enterprise anymore. Yeah. And they're like, oh, the communicator's fine, but where where's where's the Enterprise? And the Guardian's like, hey, times changed. You yeah. guys don't even exist anymore. So yeah. this that confused me. So like in T. TNG, they probably would have handled it right. Like it would have been like a shot of the gate, and then it would have turned around, and they would have been in like regular old clothes with no technology, and they'd be like, "What's going well, on?" There's, there's, so, a, there's a thing so, that the gate says like really quickly yeah. that the planet is uh, beyond time. It's shielded, oh, right? Yeah. Okay, I missed and that they line. do they do that in First Contact? Like they fly through that wake of the Borg time portal, and and they're like, and I think. Uh, Crusher is like, why? Why aren't we affected? Why are we still here? Uh-huh. And like, Data's like, the the wake must have protected us from the changes of the timeline. Gotcha. It's always some something protects them. Well, sure. that is that is a way that Harlan Ellison's original script is a little bit better. Uh, they do outright explain that yeah. the planet is completely shielded from the effects of time change. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Like, it's like in its own sort of time sphere, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, I mean, it makes as much sense as but anything. I, I love the line that Kirk gives. He looks just past the camera, not into it, <laughs> and says, Earth's not there. At least, not the Earth we know. Oh, shit, We're totally What's going alone. On? Damn, and then a commercial happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Music <And> then, swells. <laughs> but not on Netflix. No, thankfully. Thank you, Netflix. Uh, there's a very awkward pan-up to the fake stars as well, where the camera kind of shakes like the camera was like, Oh, fuck! Yeah, because they didn't have good, like, cam shit. Their, gimbal, like, their gimbals were bad. Yeah. Yeah, old. There's, there's a great lead-in as well where Kirk continues his captain's log, where he says, Captain's log, no stardate. Yeah. For us, time does not exist. Yeah, that oh, was good. Oh, so good. That's so good. They, they run into a problem where uh, the Guardian of Forever is like, I could slow down time if I wanted to, but I'm not gonna. Right, like because it, it's like a, it's like sh- the the gate is like showing time like flicker through like a yeah. like a TV. It's going like through Futurama. like eras. It's going through like yeah. super eras. Like it's like 
you know, yeah. Roman era. Romans, yeah. Of, it's, you know, like, it's going uh, through whatever B-roll they happen to have of historical yes, right. era. Dude, I was like watching it. I'm like, okay, here's file film about Rome. Here's file <laughs> film about the Dark Ages. Cool. Here's some uh, here's some Robin Hood footage from a Robin Hood special that they For did. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cowboys show up <laughs> yep, a couple yep, times. Cowboys, yep. Because they have nine billion hours of cowboy yep. footage. Some F Troop was in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're they're trying to like figure out how they can follow Bones through the times uh, through the Just time. Just jump gate. in, you ding dong. And thankfully, Spock had started like recording the gate right as he jumped her, in. Yeah. So they're like, all right, we know the exact time he jumped in, and I, being Spock, I'm a human computer, mm-hmm. so now we know when to jump. I've got it all figured out. He did the there's math some, in his head. There's some really heavy dialogue there where Kirk talks to uh, Uhura and Scotty, and he's like, look, if we fail, each of you has to try afterwards until none of us is left. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes you sense because s- it's like we're fucked either way. So yeah, right, we're gonna die either says, way. Right? Yeah, at least you'll find some happiness. Yeah, right. He's like, <laughs> he's like, just jump until a time where you're not gonna get murdered right away. And, yeah. So uh, Uhura, uh, no time. Yeah, Uhura, please don't follow us to the 1930s. <laughs> Hopefully, don't we'll go get there. To the 19, don't go to the 1950s, Uhura. There's a no, tiny. Gonna be you got to thread the needle here. It's going to have to be like 1970 <laughs> to like 1990. I wouldn't even go in 1970. I'd say like dude. 1985 to 2005 <laughs> yeah. is your fucking thread the needle. It's so sad. Oh, God. That's yeah, depressing. Yeah. It's the saddest. Um, it is but the saddest. then we get some fun. They arrive in uh, 1930 in um, New York City. And it's the Depression. Yay! Fun for everybody. <laughs> Everyone loves that time period. It so, was great. I love that they show up in the Depression because I was thinking about it. And I was like, well, I guess they couldn't go post-World War II because it was too fresh for them. It's too yes. new. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I'm, I'm going to change the fucking dynamic here. I'm going to start talking about the script as I talk about the episode. Because okay. there are some great comparisons here. You're crazy. Uh, for instance, um, when they go back in time in the show, they have a bunch of people stare at them. Because they're dressed like uh, clowns. <laughs> and just walking down the street, and one of them has elf ears. Would you jump ship? <laughs> uh, in the book, in the original teleplay, uh, everybody thinks that Spock is Chinese and are very, very racist and violent towards him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think they pull that in in TOS a few times too, where they say he's from like China. Yeah, they do something. in this episode. They, they it's do very it's episode, weird yeah. in this episode, but like it gets like blatantly racist in the yeah. book. Yeah, it uh, felt kind of racist in the show too. I was kind of well, like, yeah, uh, for sure. They, but yeah, they like use like uh, slurs in the book. Yeah. Oh, okay, right, right. And uh, they try and kill him because he's Chinese. Oh, and sure, sure. Sure, we need to do that, yeah. Well, it's a, uh, sure. it's maybe like a commentary on the times. They want to kill maybe. him because he took their jobs. Oh, what? so it's like now. It's like now. <laughs> oh. And but not Chinese, well, not Chinese people so no. much. Uh, not yet, anyway. Eventually, it'll be every people that are It'll alive. be everybody, So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to point that out, actually. I'll come back to the book later. That's uh, crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's the stuff in the book, though, where you're like, 
it's like extraneous. I mean, maybe that's like a pro, like maybe that's like a B plot, right? Like maybe there's yeah. a tenant. There's already like enough maybe- in the in the show as the thing. Yeah. Like if you turn yeah. this teleplay into a show, it'd be two hours long. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's a movie at that point, right? Um, there, there's a great moment where they almost get arrested by a police officer because they stole clothes from an the alley. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Kirk goes it. into this long tirade about like explaining themselves, and the police, does, the policeman does not give a fuck. <laughs> he just, yep. yeah, he's, he's like, turn around it so I can arrest you right now. Yeah, with my with my old timey handcuffs. <laughs> and they Vulcan neck pinch him because that's fixed all of our problems so far. That's that's how you get out of problems. Just pinch your way through them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they run into a filthy basement. Yeah. And the, uh, and the clothes they grabbed fit them perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> so there is an Enterprise episode that borrows from this episode, and I talk oh, yeah? about it all the time. Uh, it's called uh, Carbon Creek. Oh, and yeah. It's, it's, it's not a time travel episode, but it's to Paul telling the captain and trip about her great great grandmother who is the first vulcan to land on earth mm-hmm. and they're like you're full of shit the first vulcans to land on earth were in montana Zephyr yeah. cochran and she's like would you like me to tell you the story and then it's like a flashback episode where Tapal is playing her great grandmother mm-hmm. and they steal the clothes and she puts the dress on backwards <laughs> and it's funny because they don't know about dresses. That's good. And the Vulcan guy is like, "I think you're wearing that garment backwards." <laughs> I was, I was expecting Spock, and now this is probably me not knowing the characters too well, but I was expecting Spock to be the butt of the joke, and for him to have an odd fitting outfit. I was, I was he, expecting that, but it didn't happen. Yeah, he wouldn't be though. It, if anyone, no. if it would, it would be the, it would be Bones if he was there with. That's them. true. Gotcha. Bones is always the dummy dumb, gotcha, right? Okay. Um, I know Interestingly Spock's not enough, dumb, but I figured yeah. they would make him the butt of the they, they do fish out of water stuff with him sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's just not as, like, like, oh, like blatant with him, right. I guess. I guess it's it's interesting enough to point out that uh, Spock is very, very, very emotional in the teleplay. Really? Like, he gets yeah. ragingly pissed off at the human beings in this era and calls them barbarians and gets into an argument with Kirk about it's, it. It's funny because they call it a barbaric age twice. Yeah, in in the episode leading up to when they yeah. get there, they they talk they talk about like when Spock later has to make that circuit. He's like, these people are no more advanced than like bearskins and hatchets or whatever yeah. stone hatchets. Yeah, and it's fucking true. Like 1930s, like there was like indoor plumbing and radios, but like that's about it. Like yeah. other than that, like that's it. If you compare that technology to the Star Trek futures technology, yeah. it's it is like rocks and spears and shit. Right. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, they they try to use the tricorder, but they can't access information because there's no Enterprise computer. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, there's this great moment where Kirk is like, well, you know, you could make uh, an aid and use all the materials here. And Spock's like, that would be absolutely impossible. And Kirk plays him like a fucking fiddle. And he does the good captain. Yeah, where he's, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk you into this. You won't even yeah. know what happened. Yeah, he, he plays him like a fucking fiddle. He's like, hey, you know, I, I, I expect too much of you sometimes, Spock. Like, I didn't, I thought that maybe you weren't a dumbass. Yeah. It's impossible. But, You're right. You could never do it. It'd be a hell of a logic puzzle for you there, buddy. Yeah. yeah. You're not logical enough for that, you yeah. bitch. So this is like the Data going back in time to Mark Twain times, right? When Data has to make that fucking... Uh-huh, yes. 
Data's always doing this. Data always makes, like, when he's the Iceman on that planet, he makes, like, a fucking, like, science kit. You know, he's always doing this shit. I I love this about Star Trek. Like, this idea that, like, these people are, especially Spock, is, like, so smart that he can just, like, think through the problem, like, at a macro level. Right. And be like, well, I'll just make a really big circuit, because that's what they have. They don't have microchips, right? So. And you don't think about, like what kind of intelligence that would take because we always talk about as people just in general like if i went back in time i would run the place because i know about technology and everything right but But do you know how like a microchip works right like can you can you reverse engineer every component of the thing that you're trying to make how many vacuum tubes do you need to make a microchip like for like like it's fucking crazy yeah like, 99.999% of people, you would go back in time and get shot by an arrow and fucking die. Because you wouldn't yeah. know how to do anything. Right. You wouldn't know how to dodge that arrow. <laughs> Spock goes back in time and recreates the microchip on a macro level because yeah, he's just that smart. Used in, like, modern-ass fucking technology for their time that's, like, super advanced. Yep. And uh, the two of them kiss so loud that uh, a lady comes down the stairs and she's like, "What's going on down here? What's with all the man kissing down here? <laughs> we don't we don't take kindly to that in this time <laughs> or any time in the next eighty years." <laughs> um, but we we meet the crux of the episode, the most important character, Edith Keeler, who magically makes every camera that's pointed at her much more soft. Dude, I love oh. that they put beauty lighting on her for every shot she's in. It's, I was totally going to bring that up. So golden age. It's like, it oh my god. And the thing is, she doesn't need that. She's a very beautiful lady. Right. Dude, that's how they did it. They have the fucking lights way. in her eyes and everything. It's beautiful. Yep. She's very optimistic, so they need the lights in her eyes. She's like, just glows. She's literally, too pure right? for the world. Yep, and she, she's too too born too soon. Yep. She's too pure for walking across the street <laughs> and looking both ways. <laughs> um, but Edith Keeler is a very very understanding person because she finds two men in her basement and yeah. is like, uh, "You guys are." Definitely just victims of the poor economy and not murder rapists. That probably would have been what happened then. Like, people weren't running around afraid of other people as much then. That's true. During the, the, like, depression especially, like, people were just homeless and stuff. And, like, people were just like, I want want a job. I don't want to, like, I'm not a raper or a murderer so much. They get a pretty good job, actually. Like, for the Depression, they get fucking 15 cents an hour, which is... Uh, 22 cents an hour. That's the second job they get. That's yeah. the second job? They get okay. 15 cents an hour, which I I did some uh, mathematics and some research. He did the math. Build a, yeah. Um, most of the jobs that you could get during the Depression would net you a grand 7 cents an hour. Woo! So they're making a shit ton of money. Seven cents, though. You could go see a Nickelodeon and buy two penny candies. It's <laughs> a dated reference. Um, <laughs> they they I mean, make 15 cents an hour, which means that each of them is getting $6 a week. Yeah. They are living high and fucking wide. Yeah, they could buy a Model A. That apartment they rent is $2 a week. So they're, they got $4 left over. Four dollars? We could go to the movie films and see a Clark Gable movie. Yeah, you can also buy so much fucking hardtack and baloney with that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You could you could buy like oh man, what do they eat back then? Pot oh, roast, hardtack, and bologna. I I had <laughs> pot roast for dinner. <laughs> that, that sounds delicious. It was though. really fucking good. Shout outs to my wife for that one. She listens. <laughs> um, I wish I had a wife. <laughs> I wish I had Jeff's wife. Get your own. Um. One of my favorite scenes in the episode happens right after Edith falls in love with Kirk. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, we get like, which the, is like pretty immediately. Yeah, well, he's handsome as fuck. Right? He's, he's a, he's a space man, and he's awesome. And he knows. He stuff. pours the yeah. charm on, and it's it's implied heavily that she knows who that they're from another world right away. Yeah, Look, she's like very curious about them because they're both super yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "What did you do in the navy? Did you want to talk about it?" And he's like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> Because I was in the Space Navy. That's what he says at the camera. <laughs> in case winks. he forgot. Wink. Wink. Um, <laughs> we get the soup kitchen scene where yeah. um, we learn that Edith Keeler gives uh, everybody... We th- I think, I thought she was going to like go out and play the piano, but there's just a piano there for no reason. Yeah. Sure. I thought it was going to uh, be a religious speech, but then it's just like... And because the, the guy, like the one guy sitting next to Kirk is like, oh, what do you hear this bullshit we got to listen to <laughs> yeah. before we get to eat? <laughs> and then she just is like... You're all gonna do great, and then that's the yeah, shit he's yeah. pissed about having to hear. Yeah. And then he rolls his eyes real hard about it because she's like, "They'll put a man on the moon one day," and uh-huh. he's like, "Yeah, right." Yeah, it's funny. But my it's favorite, so funny. My favorite part of that scene is that he's like, "If she really wanted to help a guy out," and Kirk just goes, "Shut up." Yeah, yeah. just shut yeah. up. Shut up. <laughs> it's uh, it's a good commentary on like the cynicism of like. This lady is like helping them, right? Like she doesn't yeah. have to do that. Like mm-hmm. it's it's there's one of those no, scenes yeah. that I always point out that like people give Kirk a very bad rep. And like the more like Paul, the more you watch TOS, the more you'll realize that like the pop culture version of Captain Kirk is not real. Right. Yeah. Right. He doesn't actually exist in the show. He's not yeah, he's, the, he's not up. the Lothario he's made out to be. Yeah. People yeah. people make him out to be like just a womanizing piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he but, fucks like, green girls, right? That's what he does. He really, fucks those green girls. He's like one of the... He, if I had to pick the male character on television during the fucking 60s who was the most feminist, it's probably Kirk. Probably Captain Kirk, yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of those scenes I love pointing out for that, but uh, yeah, they totally. have some bomb-ass soup and bread and listen <laughs> to some hope for the future. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like... Nobody was talking about this shit in the 30s. No. Like, I mean, social services were, like, just becoming a thing because of the Depression. Like, obviously, Social Security and, like, like all the fucking New Deal programs and shit. But, yeah. like, random people, like, doing charity, like, let alone one who's talking about people going to the moon. Like, this lady must have seemed like she was from the fucking moon. Right. Yeah. People, dude. They, they think she's, like... A brain dead, right? They treat yeah, her like, like she's, she's a dingus. Like, yeah. yeah, and the thing is, I don't care if if like I'm homeless, and a lady opens a soup kitchen with her own money, right, and runs it completely, and allows me to come to the soup kitchen and have soup and bread, right. Uh, I'm probably not gonna shit on her for it, no matter right. what she tells me. <laughs> yeah, I want that delicious ass fucking hot dog water. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some of that sausage soup or whatever you're eating it's fucking uh she gives them like a, she tells them there's an apartment open even like she's real into kirk at this point yeah she's hooking yeah. him up like yeah. she's like look i i'm not gonna help these like filthy hobos to live in my house right but you can because you've got dreamy eyes because <laughs> mm-hmm. i want to see your dick 
Right. She can't say that because it's 1930, but you know. <laughs> I want to see your future dick. <laughs> Maybe it's different than now dick. Who knows? Maybe there's two of them. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, she hooks him up with an apartment. Uh, a flop. Yeah, flop house. You learn a lot of um, colloquialisms in this episode that haven't been in use since the 1930s. Which, like, for them, like, think about it this way. This is how fucked up this is, right? This episode was made as long ago from the 30s as we are from when we were born. Right. Yes. Fuck that shit. Time uh, sucks. I'm going to a time master. <laughs> uh, just go to the fucking Guardian of Forever. Yeah, send me back to the 80s. <laughs> if the, if we were making some this Nintendo. E- if we were making this episode now, they would have been sent back in time and had to do a ski competition. So I so I was thinking, okay, Jeff is going to love this, because sure. Jeff loves when I talk about this movie. This is a reverse science fiction, or a reverse fantasy episode of fucking Beastmaster 2. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! Because in Beastmaster, there's magic portals, right? And uh-huh. then they, they're, they're like in a fantasy world. And then they go into the future, uh-huh. which yeah, is the, the 80s. The, the future of 1983. Yep. <laughs> It's great! Beastmaster <laughs> 2 is a fucking abomination. I might have been high on NyQuil when I thought of this, too, so... Jesus. I was like, I'm gonna take some of this NyQuil and watch this episode. That sounds like a good pairing. This episode and that movie. <laughs> <laughs> to anyone listening at home, uh, do not watch Beastmaster 2. We're gonna watch it for our Patreon. We're gonna it is, do it. It is available on YouTube in its entirety. Do not We're go gonna watch, watch it right it. now. We're gonna watch it. We're gonna talk about it. It's great. Um, also, don't watch Dinosaur Planet. Uh, it's called Planet of the Dinosaurs, Jeff, and it's amazing. That movie rocks. It, that movie fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, no. That's the synth sounds in every fucking scene. <laughs> so, several days have passed since the <laughs> sweet-ass soup kitchen scene. Yeah. And uh, Spock is trying to make... Uh, a computer, basically, in the year 1930. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he, he has this great line where he's like, hey, get me some platinum. A small five, block of it yeah. will do. Five pounds of platinum. <laughs> five pounds of platinum. Like, do you know how much five pounds of platinum would cost you today? Like, Jesus. And they'd be like, like, yeah, give me a million dollars. Which is like a billion dollars today. Yeah, today, right? Like, fucking crazy, right. dude. <laughs> um, but they get like the dopest job that anyone ever got during the depression. They get twenty two fucking cents an hour. Hell yeah! Yeah, Spock and Kirk Rockefeller over here. <laughs> Spock and Rockefeller. Seriously, oh damn it! You're slower than me. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. I'll I'll allow it. I'm, I'm just allow laughing it. at myself. I don't need anybody else's <laughs> Um so they go to their new job, which is twenty two cents an hour to sweep the fucking floors at a yeah. clock shop. Like, what in the fuck is who is how much does a clock cost then? Apparently quite a fucking lot. Who's making twenty two cents an hour in nineteen thirty selling clocks? Germans. I don't know. That might be true. There's some really nice German clocks. I don't know. They call them Glockenspiels. The, the Germans weren't doing so good at this point economically. No, they were so. having wheel, wheelbarrows full of Deutschmarks to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah. So, um, 
so our heroes. Which leads us to a future thing in this episode. Yeah, actually. Um, but our heroes who we love and who are beyond reproach morally yeah. uh, yeah. break into a safe to steal tools so that uh, Spock can work on he his computer. He needs tools, right? Uh, Edith, like, being the most understanding woman that ever lived, just believes them when they say they'll take them back. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, I do want to fuck Kirk, so... <laughs> Maybe I'm okay with them stealing a bunch of <laughs> clockmaker tools. From a job that I yeah, got them, like, steal that I vouched tools. them. Steal those tools, I'm about to steal that dick, Kirk. I'm steal that tool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm astounded at how good of a person Edith Keeler is. That She's, she's just... She has to die, Jeff. She has yeah. to die. Yeah. And I, you feel it because she is, like, so unbelievably nice. Too pure. Yeah. And, like, Kirk has absolutely fallen head over heels for this lady. Because who wouldn't, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, she's, she's like, to him, like, I mean, he, he kind of, like, is like Spock in that, like, you kind of are objective when you go back in time as, like, a Starfleet officer, right? Like, you, you have to f- follow the Prime Directive and the Temporal Prime Directive. Like, you can't interfere. But then yeah. you meet somebody in this time who is, like, could be from your time. Right. Like, who might as well fucking be, like, a human from your time. And it's like, well, what's not to, like, what's, like, not attractive about that? Like, it's, like, immediately you're attracted to that. She's, right. She's, like, you expect, like, a show this time to have a character that's, like, the main character's perfect woman right. to be, like, very docile and, like, right. Easily rolled over mousy. and stuff. Yeah, but mousy. she's actually like pretty quick-witted and like has like a little like quip back every time. Yeah, which is uh, pretty refreshing for the time, I think. Yeah, even for sixty-seven. Yeah, yeah, she felt like a like a sixties lady. Like it was definitely like a feminist feminist movement woman. Like you know, like, yeah, she felt yeah. like like she was she she was running this entire operation herself and right. being very no su- man she doesn't need any man yeah, no. she's obviously Except very Kirk. successful <laughs> i mean she needs Kirk but just for sex which is totally fine mm-hmm. yeah women have needs too guys he's like uh, he's like straight up in love with her and she's definitely like <laughs> fallen for him a little bit although she's she's really just interested cuz he seems like a weirdo space case right <laughs> yeah right um there is an he's- absolutely excellent moment of acting from the chat in the scene <laughs> where uh, he's like super flirty with her, right? Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to find out about you. And she turns and walks away. And as he's walking towards the edge of the screen very slowly, his smile completely fades off and he looks super worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's like, We're from fucking space. <laughs> like, how am I going to keep this under wraps, right? I'm going to have yeah. to kill this bitch. <laughs> And as it turned out, (laughs) (laughs) yo, real quick, Edith Keeler must die is a great name for a band in the nineties. Yes, it would be a great name for a band. That is a fantastic band name. That is an incredible band name. Well, we got our band, boys. Let's do it. Killer must die. Um, (laughs) I'd say it's probably a good time for another break. What do you guys? Let's watch another commercial, but on our ears. Yeah. Open up your ear holes for this new commercial. Because you thought of it. It's your commercial. We'll be right back after these messages. Captain's log. No star date. McCoy has changed the course of time. What are you? I am the guardian of forever. Now. 
everybody hi hi i hope that entertaining and edutaining commercial taught you something new buy pepsi or whatever it was <laughs> pepsi if you want to sponsor us money on me <laughs> who knows who knows what i'm gonna do i'm crazy um, i'm the crazy one <laughs> he is he, he's the daffy duck I've never been able to do a Bugs Bunny either, and it always fucking Bugs Bunny so voice sad. is super hard. It is because it's so iconic, man. Nobody really sounds like Mel Blanc did either. No, thing. it's too it's too uh, unique. So after like a couple days where um, Edith Keeler and Kirk are getting closer, yeah, they're probably fingering or whatever people did in the thirties. Wonder what song they fingered to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking uh, 1920s Van Halen. 1920s Van Halen. They fucking fingered to the entertainer. Spock finally gets the tricorder working with his room full of electronics. Which is pretty fucking accurate. Yeah. I mean, like. He's you figure he's Spock, right? Like ENIAC was fucking huge. Yeah, he so. makes an ENIAC, yeah. Yeah. He makes so a very figure, tiny like, ENIAC. Though. A very small ENIAC, yeah. Because he's super smart. Yeah, he's smart. But um, He got that platinum he needed. <laughs> <laughs> Stole that shit too. <laughs> Who knows where he um, got it from? So he sees Edith Keeler's obituary. She dies that year. Oh, and it's tri because the tricorder like shows like the the what it recorded from the the Guardian of the yeah, Galaxy. It, it right? recorded yes. several newspapers. Right. Is what it, it recorded. It loved that Guardian thing loves spinning headline <laughs> <laughs> fucking movie trope. Um the com- the computer also shows an- another newspaper with Edith meeting uh, FDR to talk yeah, about something which, in 36, which yep. is crazy. And then the computer exploderates. It goes and, uh, I can smell that had, smell. Oh yeah. Smell oh yeah. That like that definite cancer smell. That fucking like <laughs> electronic smell. Oh yeah. god, I love it. It has but, some cool colors when it explodes too. There's some purple in there and, and some, some copper smoke. burning up in there. Yeah. <laughs> definite tumors coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's asbestos as hell, isn't it? But like, uh, Kirk's like psyched when he sees Edith. Keeler is gonna meet FDR. He's like, oh man, she's gonna like be nationally famous, like my baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Spock's like, well, I saw her obituary too, so... Yeah, we don't know what's the right way, right? Like, yeah. But they f- start to figure out that that's the crux of the, the time change, right. is that she is involved somehow. Um, the novel, the teleplay, uh, is very fucking ham-handed about it. They, okay. they, really? They do this weird uh, thing, like, the focal point of time is uh, a sc- uh, blue as the sky and framed by the sun, and you'll see the key. 
And when they meet her, she's wearing a what? blue dress with a sun symbol on it, and oh, her name yeah. is Keeler. Oh, Keeler. No. That's... That's terrible. That was, That's like, terrible. Also, they say city on the edge of forever in it. Like, this is just like a city I'm sick on of the edge living. of forever. <laughs> Man, if only we could find a job in this city on the edge of forever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they end up with this, like, this moral question, right? Once yeah. it, it slowly starts to become, like, obvious that she has to die. Right. Mm-hmm. Um... However, well, Spock figures that out, right? Like he, he, he figures out what happens after. Did they get to that? Are we there yet? Or no? I, I mean, there's that the, the scene with bones between it, right? Yeah, like before yeah, they get to yeah, that, yeah. like uh, there's a great moment where Spock is like, "Well, what happens if she has to die to save our future?" And Kirk just right. stares off. He has no answer. I love this because this is the f- first time in Star Trek where this is like a, uh, a story element where it's like we're gonna have to make some really fucking hard choices here yeah. right like the, like Kirk has to make some tough choices but like this one's like real cuts deep you know he gets mm-hmm. gutted by this too like you can yeah. tell at the end of the episode but uh I love it I love it god I love it before, it's like real life it's just like real life everything sucks uh-huh. in real life and I everything is it. tragic it's fucking terrible <laughs> um but in our fictional universe McCoy finally arrives he He's out of his goddamn mind. He is still screaming about assassins He's there, and killers. Still werewolfing. He yells at a guy <laughs> drinking milk. Like the homeless guy drinking milk, right? <laughs> what a trope! Like he, homeless guys drinking milk. Bones has thought everyone is trying to kill him that he's seen up until this yeah. point, but he sees this guy holding milk, and he's like, well, a man with milk would never kill me, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's safe. I think what he was thinking was, I want that milk. I'm going to scare the fuck out of this guy. <laughs> ah! so Stop run- drinking so much milk! <laughs> he runs up at him, and he's like, fucking like I'm not going to kill you! Don't run! Yeah. Which is Don't what run you away! Yeah. That's what you yell to somebody when you want to make friends with them, by the way. <laughs> I'm not gonna murder you! Uh, it was pointed out by a big, big fan of the show, Steve Nimzik, that during the yeah. scene, uh, Bones is wearing a pinky ring. Like a really gigantic pinky ring. What's Whoa. that, a Super Bowl ring? I don't know why he's wearing it, but he is during the whole scene. Is it like his class ring, maybe? Like, I'm know. just trying to, like, write around it. It's like, it's my Starfleet class ring. <laughs> They still do class rings in the future. <laughs> I would assume they would in this future, probably still. They're a little. They're still attached to stuff like that. That's true. You know, like they're still into that kind of shit. But like Bones is now a zombie. He's no longer a werewolf. <laughs> right. <laughs> he looks so sick. He yes. looks so sick. He looks and real bad in this scene. He yeah. en- he ends up at the soup kitchen that Edith runs. Hold on, real quick, real quick. Let's before we get there. Sure. He passes out because he goes he goes crazy for too long. Yeah, and uh, the guy, the bum who's drinking the milk, grabs, I guess, his teleporter. Right? Now he takes his phaser. His phaser. phaser. Is that what happened? I was like, what? The and then fuck he is- activates the overload circuit and, and fucking explodes. Himself. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, I thought that he did that, but then I was like, no. It looked like he teleported out. Like I expected phasers from like TNG, so I would expect. I expected like yeah, an actual the, explosion or something. They're no. the little, like the little phaser. Gotcha. He, uh, he gets like. Uh, garage door opened to death. <laughs> yeah okay because i was like 
Did, if he got teleported, they just never touched on that again. They I mean, where is he going to go either. get teleported? Like, either way, it's bad. Like, yeah. He got teleported into gas. Yes. That's what he got teleported yeah. it's into. It's completely unnecessary. Like, the homeless man could have just ran away. But instead, yeah, he could have just not a have horrible, done it. painful death. They were like, we have one more effect budget shot. Let's just use yeah. all this. They need, well, they needed guy. to have a phaser, right? So they right. were like, well, well yeah. somebody needs to do something with a phaser. Here's, Fuck it, it's Star Trek. Here's the idea, right? Uh, he has a phaser. They have to get rid of the phaser. Uh, the homeless man sees him and his dumb getup and is terrified yeah. of him. Why doesn't he go to the cops or whatever? Why doesn't right. he do anything about it? Well, he explodes to death. There you go. You're you're free of They, like, problems. wrote themselves out yeah, of the corner. they got a couple corners covered there. Very yeah. good. Uh, yeah. Not great writing. Not in the actual novel, uh, teleplay, either. Um, yeah, they could have just, like, the phaser could have just been on him. Like, you don't yeah. even need to explain that he has one. Like, right. who cares? He didn't like, need whatever. it at all, honestly. No, they wouldn't know what it was anyway. They'd be like, what is yeah. this? Like, some kind of ornament? Like, they wouldn't know what the fuck that was. Right, um, yeah. There was nothing like that then. There's no way they would have known. Thank, thanks for reminding me that he disintegrates himself. I completely fucking I always forgot. forget about that, too. I always forget about that It was part. an odd moment. I had to bring it up. It's yeah. goofy as fuck. It's weird writing when you get to a point where you're like, well, I guess he fucking blows up. Anyway, next scene. <laughs> next scene. <laughs> I um, guess history is fine with that one. <laughs> I don't yes. know. He's not as important as Edith Keeler. He no. wasn't contributing to society. Aww. Nope. Bum must die. <laughs> So, Bone, Alley staggers, bum. Bone staggers into the soup kitchen that Edith runs, and uh, she's like, well, I'll, you need to lay down or whatever, and he's like, no, there's killers after me, they're gonna find me, mm-hmm. and she's yeah. like, uh, well, we'll take you to the back room, they won't find you, and I guess he's so far beyond werewolf mode that he's just like, alright. Right. He's coming he's, down. He's, he's, he's coming down, yeah. yeah. He's um, he, that cortisone ten only works for like a couple hours. <laughs> Gotta put uh, more on then. They finally <laughs> fix the computer aid. Um, yeah, Spock gets five more pounds of platinum. <laughs> sure, <laughs> somehow they ten find pounds of platinum. they find out that Edith Keeler is at the head of like a pacifist movement, which sounds great. Yeah, uh, but as it turns out, it keeps us from joining the war effort during World War Two. Right. Yeah, Nazi Germany gets some gets fucking atomic, atomic bomb. bombs. Yeah, so we don't develop the atomic bomb like we were doing like, yeah. since like '37. I so, think is when the letter to uh, Roosevelt was sent. Yeah, and he was like, "We gotta, we gotta make one of these." <laughs> so like millions of white people die this time. So that's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, no one else we, would figure it out. Yeah, we no. don't get the Starfleet future because white people die this time, and this is right. written in 1965. <laughs> right. Um, hey, they started it. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk is like, hey, like, does she have to die though? And Spock's like, yeah. Like, if she doesn't yeah. die, our future is done. Edith Keeler yeah. must die it's on fucking, tour this summer. It fucking dude. It's <laughs> it's such. Like, from our perspective, it's such an easy choice because, like, we're from this time or, like, a a time close to when things are terrible. And, like, they should fucking know, like, having, like, lived for, like, a week back in, like, the shit times, like, yeah, this is pretty fucking terrible. Like, there's homelessness is rampant. People are just okay with people starving to death on the street. Like, Like, fuck it. Just think about it this way, though, right? Like, think about the person you love the most in the world, so me... 
Well, mm-hmm, yeah. I, was, and, I mean, I have to make a decision. It's either Paul or you. So, so. like, which is the pot roast for me, guys? Maybe, <laughs> maybe and it's, it's both right of there. us. He's fucking right. Maybe it's, it's both of us. We both have to die, or else there's going to be like terrible consequences in the future. What uh-huh. do you do? I mean, I know about Star Trek, so see you later, guys. Ah, uh, well, okay. Right. <laughs> I All I have to do that. is to you. All I have to do is say. What would Captain Kirk do? And he'd be like, all right, you're right. Yeah, go for it. Let me get hit by the car. That's fine. I mean, getting hit by a car, though. Ugh, Ugh, terrible way a, to die. It's pretty, all ways are bad ways, but that's a pretty bad way. I don't want to watch that happen. Uh, turn, I've seen those away, videos like on YouTube. <laughs> I watched, uh, what's it called? Fucking Live Leak. I know about that shit. Ugh. Oh, no. Ugh. People's legs flying off and shit. Like, it's terrible. Uh, anyway, Bones wakes up. <laughs> In the back room, <laughs> and he talks to Edith Keeler, and like he's a nut job, right? Like he's he's yeah. regained his mind for the most part, but he's like, I'm from space. You yeah, know? he uh, says like I'm from uh, I'm from space. I work on a ship. I'm the chief medical officer aboard the USS Enterprise. And she's like, okay, so you're in the Navy. She's like, I don't. I've never seen a Navy uniform. They love that line in this show. I've yeah. never seen a Navy uniform like this. I'm a it's surgeon. I'm a space navy man. Yeah, that's what he says. T-shirts. I'm from the future. (laughs) Um, he he does his. I'm I'm a surgeon, not a psychiatrist. Yeah, that's even though he is a psychiatrist. Yeah, even though he is psychiatrist, he's both. Um, that's why they call him bothns. No, they call him Bones because his wife took everything in the divorce. Ah, she left me with my bones. (laughs) Um, she took everything from my, my life, and I'm sad. <laughs> uh, Kirk goes to he like sees Keeler going Edith Keeler going up the stairs, and he's like, "Hey, baby, what's up?" And hey, Toots. Hey, uh, what do they say in 1930? Hey, 22 Skidoo. Hey, face. <laughs> hey, Dame. Yeah. Hey, yeah. doll. Doll she's probably. Like, she's like walking down the stairs to see him, and she like falls. Kirk catches yeah. her. And he has this look on his face like, oh, fuck. I just fucked the future (laughs) up. (laughs) Fuck. And, like, Spock is looking at him like, I can't fucking believe you did that. (laughs) Yeah. Dumbass. And he has a great line as well where he says, if we we save Edith Keeler, then millions will die who did not die before. Yeah. I just played a scene in my head where that scene happens and he just doesn't grab her and she just falls down the stairs and doesn't get seriously hurt she's just like ow fuck ow oh, my shit. ankle you, you know fuck head why didn't you catch me you, fucking you know what's dick? funny trustful that happens in the teleplay no way really. what <laughs> no way she falls down the stairs and he goes to catch her but then stops and lets her yeah, fall nice. and then they walk away in awkward silence afterwards <laughs> that's some fucking fuck yeah harlot that's some real ass shit, though, right? Like, Jesus. I don't know. Like, think about like a time when your wife would like fall. Like, I need to catch your wife. How are you gonna do that? Uh, what, are you like I catch right her fucking every there because I'm dope. <laughs> <laughs> I like catch Superman. her in my big muscly arms. I'm dope <laughs> so fast. <laughs> I'm the fastest, best husband, dude. I'm so fucking fast. I'm the coolest kid in first grade. <laughs> um, fucking maniac McGee over here. <laughs> Uh, like, Bones is fine now. He he stopped being a werewolf. His Cordrazone wore off. Thank God, he finally. Drinks, he drinks some nice coffee and he's mm-hmm. fine. Ha- yep. Has some milk. 
and uh, she's like, uh, my my young man is taking me to a Clark my Gable movie. My young man, that's something like my grandmother would say. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Bones is like, who fucks Clark Gable? Yeah, he's like, I know what a movie is, but I don't know who Clark fucking Gable is. She's like, well, you're a weirdo, bye. You must be from outer space, Mr. Bones. Yeah. Why they call you Bones? <laughs> ah, she took everything but Bones. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's... I love this scene where, like, they, like, leave the mission and, like, Kirk and Edith, like, meet up and they're like, oh, let's go see a movie. Yeah, just bullshitting. Yeah. And Kirk's like, what the fuck is Clark Gable? And she's like, oh, uh, Dr. McCoy had the same reaction. And he just grabs the goes, fuck out of her and goes, uh-huh. you better McCoy! McCoy! <laughs> he freaks the... F- he, now, he's addicted to Cordrazone. <laughs> he's all... He's turned into a friend werewolf. Yeah, he he's going crazy. Yeah, he gets a bit Dude. of a wolf in him. He really does get super horny for friendship because he runs yeah. back across the street and they just like Kirk, they Spock, and Bones just hug as they hard as they can. It's like an odd like, hug. It's like a very aggressive hug. That's how men did it. True. Well, think about it this way, though, right? Like you just traveled through all of time and space to find your yeah. best friend, and you didn't know if he would ever exist. Again. And you found him. That's, That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I would hug the shit out of that guy. It's somebody from a time that you're from, so you can, like, know, like, oh, God, that's got to feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never know that feeling. No one can ever know. relate to me in this you time. Don't know. I need that's to go true. to the future. We could find I need the a Beastmaster 2 myself. <laughs> um, Edith Keeler is on the other side of the street, like, man, that is some aggressive hugging. What <laughs> is going on over there? I better go crazy. check that out. Yeah, and she walks across the road without looking both ways, and Bones jumps to try and get her, and Kirk grabs him grabs at the last him. minute. Yeah, like he's already he's already made his decision, right? Like yep. he knows what he's gonna do. And like do. Bones like pulls out his salt shaker and starts just dabbing it into the fucking wounds. Yes, like, like, immediately. Why did, what did you do? Do you know what you just did? And he's like, and then Spock says, "He knows, Doctor. <laughs> he knows." And Kirk is just like. Gutted. He's he does that up, lean dude. and he does the handshake. He's just like yeah, yeah. like yeah. The, the the and like the anger and the and the frustration and like the, the adrenaline is just going through his hand. Yeah. Oh man. Oh god. I it's can, like, a really well it. acted scene, honestly, for what it was. Yeah. Um, back in our time, the twenty third century. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirk and Spock leap out of the time <laughs> portal. Fu- they fucking like they flash all- dance through yeah. the portal. <laughs> they all million dollar man through it. They're all like they, they, they like fucking Super Mario Brothers through <laughs> the portal. Yep. And McCoy jumps a second after them, which I think would have caused a problem with when he arrived personally. Mm, right. Probably. Well, time's crazy, so who knows? But uh, I'm the guardian, and I say it works. Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> They're like, did it work? And Spog just is like, we were successful. Oh, it's like, it's perfect Star Trek. It's like, everything, you did everything right, but did you? Oh, yeah. God. And Kirk is it's, like, like I said, he's absolutely gutted. He is like yeah. a broken man. And he's going to take him many green girls to get through this one. <laughs> The Guardian of Forever is like, uh, you can go through history and have great journeys like the one you just had and yeah, learn like, and grow. And yeah. Kirk is just like silent for a minute and then he says, let's get the hell out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it just ends. What a, And it, it's a great ending for a Star Trek yeah. episode it in is. general. It ends sad and like the credits roll and it feels 
like you're like what the fuck like that's when like a show gets you and you're like i'm gonna watch this next week yeah like I'm, right. i gotta come back to this right so i don't know i want to talk it. a little bit before i get into the um teleplay i want to uh-huh. hear like your thoughts overall of the episode like personally how did you feel about it and in its relation to the rest of star trek i mean i think it sets up like a pattern that we're gonna see in later star trek where you know in, in any science even like futurama right like futurama does episodes like this too where they have like like the dog episode jurassic bark it's yeah. like yeah. It's it like ends and you're like this victory kind of this show. is fucked up yeah like this is a fucking sad episode yeah. dude and like all great science fiction needs that like that's like like that like do we even know where we are and what we're doing? You know what I mean? Like, who even knows what the right like, thing is? At the end of the episode, Kirk is not 100% sure that he did the right thing. Right. And, and that's, that's how we all live our lives, right? None of us know if we did the right thing or not. Except me. I'm the best one. Well, of course, Josh is the best one. <laughs> well, and also, Jeff is very fast. He's so fast. It's true. I'm so fast, I could make both decisions you and guys, see which one's right first. You guys are It's very like that impressive. movie... It's like that movie uh, with Nicolas Cage, and it's a really stupid movie, but it's a great concept where he can touch somebody and see their future, like, seven seconds. Mm-hmm. And then you find out at the end, like, he, he, like, makes love with this woman he just meets, and, like, he can see farther with her than anyone. And at the end of the movie, you find out that he, it was just him seeing far. And it's it, like cuts back to him still being in bed with her and he go, has to go do the movie now uh-huh. it's, gr- it's oh, yeah, so that's great it's pretty cool actually it's a really cool fucking concept uh, I, lo- I love I love this episode it's great uh, I mean it's TOS so it's like it's got that TOS-ness that I think yeah, like I, I have to say like I understand the TOS-ness thing like I, I'm never yeah. gonna go on the record and say TOS isn't corny Right, right, right. But uh, I feel like this episode is, like, elevated above the level Absolutely. of, like, other TOS episodes. Um, there's corny stuff in it, but, like, it hits you hard, this episode. Yeah, I can't yeah. compare it to too much else, but I gotta say that uh, I walked away from it, and I was like, I could watch more of that. Yeah. There, are, there are a number of TOS episodes like that. There's that, a, some good ones. This always reminds me of a Twilight Zone episode, which... Uh, uh, William Shatner was also in many Twilight Zone episodes. Yes. Probably the most famous one is the uh, Gremlin on the Wing. Although my favorite one is the machine that tells your future. Yeah, the future machine. He gets addicted to it. I yeah. love that one. It is a fucking great episode. I'll say this. But it, yeah, yeah. City on the Edge of Tomorrow sounds Forever. like it would be a Forever. fucking cool city, but we just go to boring old New York in boring old 1930s. Yeah, what was going on in New York in 1930? Only the Empire State Building was being made. Boring. Nothing fun. Boring. I already saw two of these things fall over, motherfucker. (laughs) Look, crowd. I'll never forget. Look, crowd of people. Um, (laughs) The city on the edge of forever was the ruins that had the time gate in it, dum-dums. Oh, that (laughs) was the city. that was the city. I think the city on the edge of forever was Kirk's love for Edith Keeler. Well, I have no fucking comeback to that, so I guess you're right. Yay! I'm the best one again! Beautiful. No, I, I mean, this episode's great. Like, there's nothing... I mean, we, we kind of poke fun at the silliness of, of, like, the 1960s-ness of TOS. Yeah. But, like, this is, like, what... This is one of those foundation Star Trek episodes that makes all other great Star Trek episodes possible. Right. Because, like, of this shit. 
I feel like this episode stands on its own really well in a way that a lot of other Star Trek in general doesn't. Yeah, like this if, is one of those episodes people know about, even if they've never seen it, right? Yeah, if you're going to watch, like, one Star Trek episode, I might honestly recommend this one. Oh, okay. any, of the, even, any of the series? Yeah. I mean, like, TOS. Like, oh, if okay. I'm going to yeah. recommend, like, one Star Trek episode to somebody, it's usually Darmok from TNG. Or Inner Light. Yep. Inner Light is really good, too. Yeah, the Inner Light it's as well. One of those, too. Is I think Measure, the Measure inner, of a the Man was the first one I ever watched, and that was fucking incredible. Uh, Oh yeah, I'll I would recommend Measure of a Man right out the gate too. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I feel like Darmok really represents the entire point of Star Trek about yeah, yeah. like understanding and togetherness. Really, is the answer to everything. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's like a microcosm of like what everything is going on galactically. Like, there's bigger problems out there. We need to fucking figure out how to right. work together. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's, a, it's a great commentary on every single Everything. period in human history, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like I like Measure of a Man because it, it asks the questions about what what even is human, right? What even is a, a, a man? And, oh, yeah. And that's another question that's that's part of the, the bigger question, right? That's It's just like Darmok where it's like, these are, these are the big questions that we've been struggling with for eternity. And even though we have incredible technological, you know, advancements... We still haven't figured these yeah. very, very right. There's still pro- that's the end of the measure of a man. Like yeah. I don't know is the answer, so I can't yeah. make judgment. Right, right. And City on the Edge of Forever is like it's a little cornier, I guess, to say, but it's like it's like sacrifice, well, necessary it's, sacrifice. It's the yeah. it's the sacrifice one person for a hundred lives. Is that yeah. worth it? Right. And it's like, what would you do? It's, it's like, another classic question yeah. of existence. Right. Throw in World War II, it's perfect, because that's, like, the thing. I mean, it's still a thing, even in our life, it's like, man, like, what if someone just shot Hitler in the face? Like, what would have had, like, could you have saved everybody? Like, it really highlights, and I think in Star Trek, it goes a long way to, like, sort of highlight what we kind of already know as, like, a species, as humans, that, like, after World War II, we were different. Yes. And we we had to we literally and phys- physically were different mentally like we couldn't fuck around anymore. Like now we can just kill ourselves all of us at at one time. Yeah. Like we there is a world destruction shit. button yeah. that many leaders around the world have yeah. and we're all keenly aware of the fact that if one of us right. presses it, all of us press it. It's bad. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I I think this episode is uh just just fundamentally Star Trek, and it's uh, it's great. I don't know. I love it. You're right. This this feels like an episode that if they hadn't done this, the show could have gone in a totally different direction, and you, yeah. would, you would have never had the Star Trek as we know it. It could have just been For the sure. goofy, you know, goofy fucking, like, Alice in Wonderland planet, right? Like, yeah. that's what people would have remembered. Edith Keeler had to die so that Star Trek could become what Star Trek was going to Dude. become. Dude. That's it's literally, so literally, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Great fucking point. Damn. Um, so I want to get into this, uh, this teleplay a little bit. Harlequin Allison. <laughs> yeah. Harley Quinn wrote this. Harley Quinn wrote. Damn. She was in the books. I thought. Then Mister J says, "I'm gonna kill you all with my laughing gas." That's that's pretty good. That's a good Harley. <laughs> Little, um, I don't have a, a feminine enough voice, but so this the teleplay starts out um, on, on a completely different. Note. Are you gonna read the whole teleplay, Jeff? <laughs> yes. 
That's crazy. Ship's log, start date 3134.6. No, the story starts out with a drug dealer on the Enterprise, an officer. Okay. Sure. Who uh, deals in um, fucking dream narcotics. (laughs) Okay, sure. Which are like jewels that you apparently, like, I don't know, Uh, you eat them and then you go fucking nuts. Okay. Turn into a werewolf. You turn into a werewolf when you eat them. Um, the du- the drug dealer's name is Beckwith. Okay, that's um, very... He, he uh... gives the um, pilot, who we've never met up until this point, space uh-huh. drugs, so that he will let him uh, go down to the next planet they're going to stop at and sell space drugs to other <laughs> aliens. Gotcha, sure. okay. And then uh, take <laughs> that, advantage the of all of their uh, space drugged out bodies in order to um, make profit selling slaves. Okay, this uh, is already. Uh, this is a Starfleet officer. Too many things are happening. Um, and uh, the guy has a bad trip, and he goes back to Beckwith, and he's like, "I'm telling." Right. So Beckwith uh, knocks him out with a fucking brick. Which is on board the Enterprise. Uh, you mean a space brick? Yes. <laughs> uh, he steals a gun and runs uh, runs away, goes down to the planet's surface. Uh-huh. And um, our heroes follow him and find a city on the edge of forever. Okay. okay. It's like a city. <laughs> sure. A city on the edge of forever. And uh, they also meet... But it's just meet... stupid New York in 1930. <laughs> just dumb um, old New York. Not any cool skyscrapers yet. They literally meet... White ants. Okay, cool. Trees? They're, they're like tree people. They're like made of like ghost energy. Sure, why not? And uh, they explain time travel to them uh, fucking exhaustively over four pages. <laughs> Hell yeah. Five pages, six pages. Okay, seven pages. And then uh, Beckwith punches everyone and runs into the time portal. <laughs> this guy sounds like a badass. Uh, we don't see Beckwith for like 40 pages. Okay, he's doing whatever. He's, he's traveling through whatever. time. There is a completely unnecessary scene where our heroes beam back to the ship, which is actually a space pirate ship now, and have a big... Did it change? Is yeah, that why? It oh. changed, and they have like okay. a big fight scene. Why'd they go back? Didn't, uh, wouldn't they know it would have changed? Like They do they, know like, it changed, but they go back anyway and then have a big space something? fight. Do they need to get something or no. something? Oh. Okay. I don't know why they go back, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, is that um, to show them that the time, that would be the moment where they were like, well, we Yeah, where they back. show. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they go back to the planet and way. talk to the Ents. And the Ents Ents. They explain time travel again for five pages. <laughs> These guys are so repetitive. Maybe they don't know what time they're in. They're trees. They got plenty of time, so they just do things yeah. slowly. They're actually they're like, interesting characters. They just look really silly. Yeah. They're like immortals that have like guarded the gates of time forever. Mm-hmm. They're fucking arrival. They're the fucking sure. the, the septipods. That's Pretty what, much. I wonder if they got that. Honestly, that, I wonder if they got a lot of that from this. Like, because um, those those things are like kind of tree like, and they're like. Maybe they, these guys are like ants, time. though. They look like ants. They're ghosts, really. They just look like ants. Oh, okay. I mean, we're all just ghosts walking around in a machine. <laughs> you just blew That's my fucking mind. <laughs> to the machine. <laughs> 
Okay, I already told you about everybody being horrifically racist and trying to murder Spock because yeah. he's Chinese. Because he's Chinese. Um, our heroes argue viciously with one another. Yeah. They don't do that that much in TOS, though, right? No, you kind of no. solve your problems. Also, like... Spock what, doesn't have emotions, really, so... Yeah. Also, you're in the, like, the military. You don't argue like sure, that. You're yeah. not, like... Yeah. Um, like Edith... Oh, Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, Edith Keeler is not uh, an owner of a business of any sort. She is a nun. Oh. Um, there's some guy in overalls that takes her spot, giving them jobs and shit. They go back to the okay. 1930s still, though, right? Yes. Okay. Right. Um, Spock assaults a man because he won't give him an extra dollar. Hell yeah. Hmm. Um, Sounds like Spock. He would want paper money that means nothing. <laughs> Edith Keeler and um, and Kirk actually admit that they love each other and kiss, which is different. Yeah, they kind of imply some some sexual activity at one point when they cut away to the city skyline. That's kind of like, and then sure. they fucked all night. Yeah. Um, there is a very, very, very telling moment. I think it'll be the last one before I jump to Beckwith showing up again. Where um, I'm just going to read this, actually. <laughs> Uh, Kirk says, but we talk, Mr. Spock. We sit and we talk about everything. And Spock says, she's a fine person. And mm. he says, listen, I've been on the move since I was old enough to ship one as a wiper in one of those old chemical fuel rockets. It's <laughs> been time, Mr. Spock, a lot of time. And Spock He's... says, uh-huh. and the women you have known have been casual liaisons in port cities and pleasure planets. It's the way for every spacer, Captain. I am a Vulcan, not a neuter. I understand that very well. So, so not fuck only is fucking fuck, yeah. Dude. So not only is Kirk going from planet to planet just fucking, but so is Spock. Damn, dude. Uh, anyway, man, I should be a spacer. Yeah, dude, they're dirty <laughs> scoundrels now, man. This is what scoundrels. Dirty rotten like. scoundrels. Uh, anyway, Beckwith shows back up, and there's big fuck fight scene. He punches somebody, let me guess. It's big fuck a fight scene, and then there's a legless, uh, homeless man who was in the oh. war. There's Eddie Murphy from Trading Places. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, he gives them information or whatever, and then blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> Beckwith shows back up again, and he fucking murders the legless veteran. Well, that's what happened. So Beckwith is the phaser, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the phaser guy. Oh, my goddamn milk. (laughs) Anyway, the same stuff happens, except Beckwith is the one who tries to save Edith Keeler, even though he's a horrible drug dealer monster. So Bones isn't here. No, Bones is not in this book at all. Okay. So it's this Beckwith guy who I don't give a fuck about. Beckwith also gets hit by a car and dies. (laughs) They both die. Thank God. And um, they have this moment where they they wonder for like a second, like why didn't the homeless man getting murdered change time? And they're like, well, I guess he didn't matter. Damn. Yeah, like some sometimes like that's like some fucking social Darwinist shit. Yeah, that's right. like some literally like some 1930s shit. Like that guy didn't do anything. He wasn't a productive member of society. He was the end it's, of the line. Yeah, and that they, was his genetic end. And then they have, like, a, a conversation about, like, how, why Beckwith say, tried to save Edith Keeler. And it's, like, the inherent goodness of humanity. Oh, wow, okay. Even though, Even though he, this guy he, was He crazy. had apparently caused the economic and social downfall of several alien planets in right. order to profit from drug dealing. You know oh, what? Wow. I think you're right. Harlan didn't have it right in this one. 
It's not a bad story at all. It's really, it's really well written. Yeah, and everything. it would it's be a good sci-fi story. It's not a Star Trek. Well, there's, a, I mean, I think we we get enough of that from everything else, it, right? It would be yeah. a cooler movie. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Paul said it straight out. Like uh, Edith Keeler had to die so that we would get the Star Trek right. feature that we have. All the so Star Trek shows and everything. Uh, this could have been in place of that episode. And could yeah. you imagine what Star Trek would have been like from then on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been, like, weird. It would have been too much like Star Wars. There would have been a lot of uh, drug dealers. <laughs> right. And, and officers ruining planets. Yeah, and uh, our heroes just whoring around from <laughs> from whorehouse to whorehouse, port to port. They always want... I think it says more about our uh, society now. That everyone always wants these guys like Kirk to like fuck a lot. Like they like put that because they're putting themselves in that, right? Yeah, like they right. they want to fuck, and it's like, well, yeah. If you watch any, and so episode, does Kirk. If you watch any episode where Kirk has a romantic character, like romantic connection to a character, it's romantic. Like he's in love yeah, with right. this it's person. Not, it's not just a. It's not yeah. a casual lay. For yeah, they're people. not. Yeah, or he has like feelings for this person or whatever. And even if he didn't, why can't Kirk get his fuck on? What's wrong with that? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like you can like like love somebody like many different ways. Like there's not like who's to say that like romantic like monogamous monogamous love is the only way to love someone. Like who knows, right? You I can don't love know. somebody however you want. I mean, like Riker your fucks choice. people all the time. He loves every he one of them. He fucks not people. He fucks fake people, too. Yeah, Riker, like... And you can tell the lady he's with isn't like, I'm gonna love him forever. He's right. tricking me. He's, it's, it's, the lady's like, let's fucking have fun. It's understood. It's just there's an understanding. I, dude, I am fascinated by, like, the... I think I talked to you about this, Jeff. Like, the sexual revolution that must have taken place at oh, some yeah. point. Like, because people had need to go through that, like... Like, look, like... There's no STDs. There's no, like, unwanted pregnancy. Why are we not just, like, open fucking free-loving this place up, man? Right. They you know? They do. And they do. do and they absolutely fucking do, because ex- of course they would. Fuck it. Fuck whatever. Who cares? That as sounds like a beautiful healthy. future to me. Like, people yeah, just I fucking because they want to. Yeah, I want to fuck a hologram. Yeah. Just to see. As long as <laughs> that hologram doesn't... <laughs> As long as that hologram does not look like one of your shipmates, all's good. Right. Then it's then you're then we're getting weird. Not. Then we're getting or not, if yeah. it looks like the lady who made the ship you're on. Like if it looks like a real person, then you're yeah, getting right. in the wrong Don't territory. Get on my boy Jordy's case. All right. Look, or, Jordy or, fucked or, up, Paul. <laughs> or if it's Kira's body with Quark's head on it, that's you okay. can do that. That's fine. <laughs> I fucking love that gif. So there's a lot of differences, like. I like Harlan Ellison's writing. I just the t- the episode of the TV show is far superior. It's cleaner. I, it's a cleaner I, I, story. It's quicker and cleaner. Yeah. It it has more meaningful ending when it's it's all of them are working toward this one thing, right? Like yeah. having the what's his name Cuthbert. What's his name Be- Breitbart. Uh, Beckwith. Beckwith. <laughs> Beckwith. <laughs> having that guy in, like obviously, like he he's not a Star Trek character. He wouldn't. No. Do it that. doesn't make any sense being in the story. Also, yeah. the ending gets very muddled because, like, Kirk is very hung up 
about the veteran that gets killed as well. Yeah, not it, the woman. It takes the punch away from Edith Keeler yeah. being killed because I mean, he says outright that he loves her in the book. Right, right. It's it's hard enough. To, it, you're dealing with one thing. Like I said, there's two there's two main things happening. There's yeah. just too many. He things. has to make that choice. Yeah. It's uh, I'm sorry everybody that loves well, Harlan I'm, Ellison's I'm version. glad he's dead because that was a <laughs> shitty Whoa. <part. laughs> Also, he was like a hundred years old. Yeah. Well, I've I've actually had conversations with people who really prefer the teleplay. The How can they version. know though? Because like you can't know. Like you can't know what it would be like on TV. Yeah, but like, you can kind of that. you can kind of make up the the movie in your head a little bit more with that. I yeah, know, but that's why they the like it. The graphic novel has the visuals and But that's why they well. like it better. But I'm, what I'm saying is, like, they, there's no way you could know that it, if that was the episode that it would be better. Right. Of course you're going to think the movie in your head is better. Right. It's that's the movie true. in your head. I think the movie on the screen is better than the movie in my head, though. Yeah, I agree. Sure. I agree with that. <sighs> I don't know. And Harlan Ellison went to his grave hating the Star Trek producers for what they did to him. <laughs> but fucking, if I was if I was like over. one of the fucking like editors on that show and this came to my fucking desk like drug dealer murderers and shit right yeah. and Starfleet I'd edit that shit too yeah yeah man I mean Roddenberry was not gonna allow like that just wasn't gonna happen no you don't end up in Starfleet if you're like a murderous drug dealer yeah <laughs> no. or if you'll take drugs and let a guy fucking like use your ship to to go out and and sell contraband. Yeah. Right. That's not Starfleet. Like this is a military operation. They figure that shit out pretty quick. Right. Yeah, like in this world like you're kind of accountable at all times. Like there's no you're not sneaking shit around. Like if you start doing goofy shit, people are going to be like, "What are you doing?" It's like being in a submarine. Like where are you going to hide your drugs? Right. Like yeah, what are you gonna, what are you going to do? He has a box of, like, video game jewels that apparently if you eat them, it makes you super fucked up. Although that sounds cool as hell, and I would do it. They're called called warheads, and they're super sour. (laughs) I I really love this episode, and I was psyched for you guys to watch it. I'm I'm glad that I got to be on here, and you guys got to show me this episode, because now I feel like I will go and watch some more episodes of TOS. Good. Well, that's what we're here for. Yeah, he needs to watch Deep Space Nine next. I know. That's I'm stealing myself for the long journey through that. I, I mean, it's it's comparable. It's a proto Battlestar, right. so you're gonna like I it. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Jeff. Get on it, then Jeff. Gotta, then we gotta make Jeff watch fucking Battlestar Galactica. Hey, I'll watch it one day. We need to make a <laughs> we need to make a Deep Space Nine BSG pack. That's what we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's not ready. He's not ready for that. He's like, we gotta go. Anyway, moving on. Um, I, I'll go to bat for Deep Space Nine though, because uh, I when we first started this podcast, I was a bit of a Deep Space Nine detractor. I liked yeah. the show a lot, but I felt like it didn't uphold the like principles of star trek like yeah the but other then he talked did. to me and he saw how wrong he was and how right i am Jesus. <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> jeff welcome to living with josh that's fine that's i love the little scamp um oh man but i did a i was doing a rewatch of deep space nine when we started doing this podcast and by the time i got to the end of it i was like no man that's really fucking good like it falters at like the utopian star trek future at times but i mean it always picks it back up yeah yeah i think 
for me, like, the, the point of the show, a big point of the show is that, like, this is what happens even in a utopia sometimes is that you gotta watch out because shit can go bad mm-hmm. yeah. and you gotta be vigilant, right? Mm-hmm. You have to work at a utopia. Yeah. That's, like, it's the real lesson of Deep Space Nine, right, yeah. I think. Like, if you just rest on your laurels, you'll lose utopia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to work for it. Or rest on I your think that's a great too. lesson. I mean, either one. <laughs> oh my god! Get the fuck you. off my podcast! <laughs> I can't believe you. I can't believe you did that. That's a timeless. That'll never be. A time. uh, it's already as t- dated. As it's timeless, already dated. As timeless as Trek itself. <laughs> as timeless as the city on the edge of forever. <laughs> I think that's a good time to cut this the fuck off. Oh yeah, ended on uh, my great, terrible joke. Great. Yeah. Great episode. It was a Thank great you, episode Paul. up until a point, Paul. <laughs> Paul, do you um, want to tell anyone to go watch something? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever the fuck you tell them to go watch. I never... I don't... I mean, you're here. You do go it. Go watch Pretend <laughs> Friends. We're all on Pretend Friends. That's a fun one. Yeah, go do that. Kevin's on there. Kevin's been on this show, so they know... Mm-hmm. Yeah. He always plugs Pretend Friends when he's on here, so... Oh. Well, I'm still you know, doing it because I'm always... below Kevin again. Look, <laughs> if everybody who listens to this podcast you, you guys already watch continue you guys already listen to Maybe. continue cast you guys gotta check out pretend friends yeah like Do some it. of you people are fucking sleeping on pretend friends and i can't believe it don't sleep it's crazy don't 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 sleep or you'll get knocked out that's what my dad always and said then you'll he double sleep that. and that's death <laughs> the little death um <laughs> is that a is that a coming yeah it's a euphemism for jizzing yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh thanks for being on the program paul we appreciate it thank you guys for having me i had a blast thanks paul and uh we do more of them come back anytime you're welcome as long as you never make another laurel and yanny (laughs) reference you're welcome well now he's gonna do it now you're just making that's my thing (laughs) i'm the laurel yanny guy Uh, fucking rest (laughs) in peace to paul's career (laughs) (laughs) to paul Oh, to Paul's on the program. To Paul, if Paul, Paul, if Paul looked like to Paul, oh my god, his career would last until the end of Enterprise. I would have done a show with him for ten years. Oh wait, I already. Oh. Know. So, uh, I think there's like a very small segment of people who who don't know Continue who watch this. Uh, yeah, go, so watch go check that out too. Continue. Ten years strong. It's out today because this show comes out on the same day as that yes. show. Yeah. Which was a poor decision, but I did it anyway. It? it doesn't really matter. Uh, the internet's forever, just like Laurel and Yanny. <laughs> Thanks My for favorite comedy in. duo, Laurel and Yanny. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we'll see you in one week for more M Class goodness. Bye bye. 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 Coca-Cola, the, the slime is cola in the galaxy. galaxy.